new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Good morning. It is Tuesday, November 17th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Brad Crawford, National College Football Writer for 24-7 Sports. Brad, I had to get you on. I recorded on Sunday night with Chris Hummer right before Will Muschamp got fired. We alluded to it. It didn't run in yesterday's episode. Today is all about Coach Boom, though, and the fact that South Carolina finally made a change. I didn't think they were going to, did you? I didn't either, man. It's a big day for the South Carolina faithful in, in and around Columbia. And, you know, for about a year and a half now, I think Will's trajectory at that program has been going down a downward spiral. And the last three weeks has really proved that with these bad losses. So Ray Tanner, Bob Caslin, and the rest of the Gamecock staff and boosters decided it was time to go, regardless of the buyout. And now we're, we've hit coaching carousel season. All right, so the buyout is just a little south of $15 million. That's pretty hefty, but I saw someone make this point. It might have been you, Brad. Gamecock fans were at the point, you know, 4-8 and eight a year ago. They lost 14 of their last 20 games. They were at a point where to keep Will Muschamp, what that would do for the 2021 outlook for the season, for attendance, just for everything. I'm not saying it would have been more expensive than 15 million, but like you're reaching a point where you, they just couldn't continue going along this path. This is a program Trey that is known for having one of the more passionate fan bases, not only in the sec, but college football wide. And I mean, there were major boosters and longtime season ticket holders that were going on the record in recent weeks saying that they've, you know, canceled seat licenses and, you know, longtime holders are, bailing on the program and, and that sort of thing until the university made a change. So I think South Carolina's decision makers saw that, um, knowing that they're going to face a 58 to $60 million, you know, revenue deficit this season, you know, it, it would have been more expensive to probably keep Will Muschamp on staff. So I think the Gamecocks made the right move and now they can head in a different direction. All right. So let's talk about, before we talk about the new direction, because I, I can't wait to talk about that with you, Brad. Let's talk about that. What went wrong for Will? Uh, in five years, he was 28 and 30. He had really strong start to his career, I think, at, or at South Carolina, I should say. And we all know he wasn't the first choice in Columbia, but I, you know, it looked, it looked for a time like he was going to be a leader of a program that I remember when Jake Bentley was going into his sophomore season classmate, like he had Brian Edwards too, the receiver. I remember thinking this team could be second 
or third, maybe even second, though, in the SEC East, and then that just never materialized. Yeah, I think one of the major issues, Trey, was in year two, Muschamp went 9-4. and four. He beat Jim Harbaugh in Michigan during their, I guess, heyday in, in the Outback Bowl. And maybe that gave Gamecock fans, those supporting the program and inside that athletic department, a, a false sense of hope of where the program was headed. They still didn't have too many you know, notable wins during that season, uh, beat up on, on, on a lot of teams that they were probably more talented than. And then that following year, they went seven and six. And then last season's four and eight was really the uh, beginning of the end for Muschamp. At, at the end of that 2018 season, they lost 28 to nothing to Virginia and Charlotte in the Belk Bowl. And to me, um, that game coupled with that next year's season opening loss to UNC uh, really had the writing on the wall for Will. Well, he tried to change up the offense this year with Mike Bobo. He just could never get that to work. And going back to his days at Florida – it's the quarterback, it's the offensive coordinator, it's the tempo that they're moving at. He just couldn't keep up. It feels in some ways like an obsolete way to run a college football program in the year 2020. So with that being said, it seems pretty clear that South Carolina is going to look to hire an offensive-minded head coach, uh, Brad, and that means that Hugh Freeze of Liberty, Billy Napier at Louisiana, Shane Beamer, a current assistant at Oklahoma. Seems like those guys are, are probably at the top of the list, right? Yeah, you know, and I don't think it necessarily has to be a splashy name. You know, splashy doesn't always work. It, it hasn't always worked in Columbia. It it did under Steve Spurrier. But, you know, it, it brings immediate attention, sure, if you hire a guy, you know, with, with a name who's established. But look at some of the recent hires in the SEC trade. You know, Sam Pittman at Arkansas, he was basically lambasted by the public last season after – you know, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin entered those SEC West jobs. And now Pittman in his first season, you know, is better than those other two guys. So Splash is sometimes just kind of window dressing if the program finds the right fit. And like you said, I think if I'm putting myself in Ray Tanner and Bob Caslin's shoes, the two guys who are leading this search, I think the Gamecocks have to change gears a bit and and go back to a, you know, offensive-minded head coach and somebody who can recruit at an SEC level within its own division against, you know, Kirby Smart, Dan Mullen, and, and Jeremy Pruitt. So Freeze is obviously the guy, in, in my opinion, who sticks out on the early list of options that, you know, he's a proven winner on this stage. He was able to get elite-level talent at a comparable program like Ole Miss. So in, in college football today, there's only a handful of teams that actually play defense. So, you know, your, your program has to be centered on number of possessions, scoring points, and chunk plays. And I think a guy like Hugh Freeze would deliver that. Do the South Carolina fans have any concerns about his baggage? I think Gamecock fans just want to win. And, and that's that, that's a question that would be better directed at, at Ray Tanner, who's ultimately, you know, his tenure as AD Trey is going to be judged on this hire. Um, a, lot, a lot of Gamecock fans, even some insiders close to the program, you know, thought that Tanner might be on the way out with Muschamp as well. But it's clear that he has the university president support. And, you know, Tanner's going to be the guy who makes this call. So um, I'm sure he's going to vet every candidate as he would Freeze and anybody else. And, you know, he's going to make the best fit for the program. Yeah, uh, Hugh Freeze spoke to our Brandon Marcello early Monday morning for an interview. And he said, uh, in regards to all this interest, he goes, man, you know, the first thing is I have no clue if anybody even wants me mm-hmm. or not. Um, I Obviously, I think people people want him. What do South Carolina fans want? though brad like what you mentioned the chunk plays like and some some pop and they need to recruit better 
but there has been an argument on Twitter, and I think it, this is always something we talk about when a, a job comes open. What are fair and realistic expectations? Like, what is the most acceptable bad year? What is the kind of good year that fans will talk about? You know, ten years from now, I, I would imagine. You know, you can you can if you're South Carolina, you could accept a five and seven year every once in four years or so. I don't know. You'd like to win nine once though in that same cycle. I remember I was talking to Mike Gundy on this podcast a while ago. He's like, look, we're not Oklahoma. We're Oklahoma State. We are we are only as good as like the wave of our of our best recruiting classes. We're not going to be very good when we have a freshman or sophomore quarterback. But when that guy gets to be a senior and he's got upperclassmen talent around him and we're returning a lot of starters, we expect to compete for the Big 12. I don't see why that would be any different in South Carolina. I mean, the the floor at this program, Trey, based on the the facilities, the the money they have, where they are in terms of a a decent but not great recruiting area. I mean, this program should be able to get to six wins every season. It's it's not hard in in 2020, um, outside of this pandemic year, to to get to six wins. You know, you you schedule four non-conference games. Obviously, Clemson's an elite program, and it's going to be hard for the Gamecocks to uh, get get past the Tigers in these next couple of years. But, you know, three non-conference games should be wins. You know, Charleston Southern, Wofford, teams like that, maybe schedule a mid-tier Power 5 program. Scheduling is going to be very important for this next head coach. And I think six wins is is going to be the bottom. And I don't, I don't see why expectations, at least from a national standpoint, couldn't be seven or eight wins a year with, like you said, an occasional nine-win season and, and maybe a SEC East title you know, once every five years. The, the Gamecocks aren't going to beat Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida consistently, but there's going to be a year where there's a difference maker at quarterback if this new guy can can find one and, and sign one and they can they can get to Atlanta. So um, I think outside of Columbia, expectations are, are pretty low, but you ask anybody inside that building and, you know, working around Williams-Brice Stadium and, and they'll tell you that South Carolina has what it takes to be an annual top 25 program yeah that's what i don't think people get they talk about these are unrealistic expectations to you know win seven or eight games a year and i just i I guess history matters brad like we can look at 100 years of college football and it means something but like i've been to i've been to games there like that's a great fan base that's the facilities are top notch they recruit like they they have a base and i think maybe you could speak on it that recruiting base is it, it is tough because your your in-state rival is Clemson and you're competing with Georgia for guys in, in your state, but I see no reason why this can't like why this can't be a, a team that consistently at least beats Tennessee. Like they, what do they not have? And I think that comes back to why they might want to make an offensive hire. It's a quarterback or it's like a, a dynamic offensive system that can help you um, make up a, a talent disadvantage, like like what Baylor used to do in the Big Twelve. But like when South Carolina had it cooking under Steve Spurrier, not only was the quarterback play great, but they also were nailing all those recruiting wins. And they also had we've talked about this before, sort of a perfect storm of once in a lifetime like amount of talent from the state of South Carolina coming up at that certain time period. Right, like the that's not going to happen again as far as all those guys and like uh, Clowney and um, 
Gilmore, Stefan Gilmore, Marcus yeah. Lattimore, yeah. all those guys from the same area around the same time. That's that's pretty rare, but there, there's no reason to, to. I see no reason why this team can't every once in a while get back to Atlanta for the SEC title. I know that sounds crazy because of what what, what we've seen under the last few years, but I think I think this could be a pretty good job for somebody. I mean, Charlotte and Atlanta Trey have been hotbeds for the Gamecocks on the recruiting trail the last decade and change. You know, Steve Spurrier came to Columbia first. You know, he he sort of piggybacked off Lou Holtz's success, and, and then he sort of changed the expectation level. Uh, you know, if if you would have told me back in 2000 when when they hired Lou Holtz coming off back-to-back, I think it was 0-11 seasons or a 1-10, a I mean, Gamecock fans would have been happy with 5-7, and 6-6. Six and six. You know, now it's they want to be perennial top 25, and they're, the pieces are in place to get there. You know, th- this next coach doesn't have to just recruit in South Carolina. Like you said, there's going to be cycles where there's just not much elite talent capable of beating the Floridas and the Georgias and the Tennessees of the world, you know, every year. So Atlanta's a hotbed, Charlotte's a hotbed. And I just think that, you know, from a national standpoint, expectations may may seem a little too high for this next hire. But uh, I'll go ahead and reiterate again that I think it's a program – I wouldn't label it a sleeping giant because the Gamecocks have been good before. They, they've won 33 games over a three-year span, not even uh, you know six years ago they did. So uh, this is a program that, that could be one of the SEC's best. It's certainly not elite, but the next coach is uh, going to have an opportunity here to uh, really turn some heads. And if he can beat Clemson, man, once every three or four years, that's all the Gamecocks ask for. The College Football Daily will be right back. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! So it's going to be interesting as we segue from what we just said about high expectations and this could be a really good job to a candidate I'm going to bring up who's never been a head coach before. But there is some intrigue. Um, with in regards to the Shane Beamer connection. And when I first saw him on the, the Big Spurs hotboard, I was like, what? <laughs> Shane Beamer? But there's there's some momentum there, and I want to see your thoughts on it. Like he, He's at Oklahoma right now. I don't think if South Carolina hired him, it'd be fair to say they're hiring Lincoln Riley 2.0. Like that, but but there's you know some of the roots, some of the – you could bring some of that. He was, I think most importantly – the recruiting coordinator during the Spurrier era, he knows the state. He probably knows high school coaches still pretty well. He knows what it takes, what it would take to win there. And I also, I think when you when you say, said the name Sam Pittman, Brad, I thought, okay, um, good culture guy, can, can hire a good staff, is going to be well-liked by his players, and is just going to get to work. That could be what Shane Beamer brings to the table if he's hired. And I think to hire him, you probably have to get no from Hugh Freeze, no from Billy Napier, who I think I think Billy Napier would be the best option for, for South Carolina. But if it if it was Shane Beamer, I agree. Yep. Why might that work? And what do you think about his name getting some buzz? Yeah, I think you nailed it, man. He would be the third or fourth option, in my opinion. Um, I do think he's a guy who would nail the interview with Ray Tanner. Obviously, he loves South Carolina. Ray Tanner mentioned 
in his press conference on, on Monday morning that he's trying to find a guy who's passionate about the Gamecocks, you know, who, who believes this program can be taken to new heights under his watch. And I think Shane Beamer during his interview would be able to express that. Um, staff is obviously key. Uh, he's a guy who, like you said, he knows the recruiting area. He's recruited well in the past, but that was during, you know, the Palmetto State's heyday on the trail, lots of five stars and, and, and high fours, you know, during the Spurrier era. So he's going to have to change things a little bit. Obviously, the, the offense is going to pretty much do a 180. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned prior, Trey, Muschamp, I think, had three offensive coordinators in Columbia, had a couple in Florida. That that really doomed him. So um, Gamecock fans, at least in year one, do, doesn't have to be all that pretty, but it's it's got to be a different offense. They want, they want to see a coach who, you know, brings some flavors to the sideline. Uh, no offense to Coach Muschamp, but just it's just been sort of a sort of a boring tenure under his watch. Lots of lots of punts on fourth and twos, and if you're an analytics guy, that's that's how you lose football games. So the next coach got to be a got to be a chance taker and you know someone who's innovative in that respect. I can't wait to see what happens. The Gamecocks are two and five right now, but the 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 beauty of a coaching search and a new coach is that doesn't matter anymore. Just get through it. Let's let's find our guy. Uh, the next the, the off season following a new coach is super fun. You're in love with every recruit, and uh, you love every hire. It's just it's it's the best way to rejuvenate a fan base. I think it's fair to say that the South Carolina fan base needed a rejuvenation. For Brad Crawford, I'm Trey Scott. Thank you so much for listening to the College Football Daily. We'll talk to you Wednesday.